Hello, I'm Pastor Michael Shannon with Identity Church in Deltona, Florida. We're glad that you made a decision to watch the service today. Please stay tuned after the service for more information about Identity Church. Now let's go ahead and join the service already in progress. The title of my message is Living Outside the Power Structures of the Monarchs. Redeeming America through apostolic hubs. I'm gonna share a number of passages tonight, this morning. I want you to keep in mind that the scriptures are living, right? The Bible says the word of God is living and active. It's living because it was written outside of time in the dimension of eternity. So if we can get real low and real slow inwardly, my prayer is that scripture opens to you in a new light. And I want to prophesy to these youth um, I'm going to turn to a scripture. Um, one thing you're going to have to know about my ministry is I love silence. The Lord promised me that I'll be preaching someday, and over half of my message will be silence. So when there's silence, it's an invitation to connect with your Creator. How many of you know your creator? This is the first mystery of the kingdom. I'm going to drop. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And Jesus Christ, the living son of God, the creator of all things, lives inside you and wants to form a union with you that our minds have not yet conceived, but our experience will cause us to hunger and to move and to move into this greater union. So to the youth, have y'all ever heard of Josiah in the Bible? Okay, Josiah was a king that reigned at eight years old. That generation is upon us. We will see the youth, and you will be the teachers that will raise up eight-year-olds to rule and reign in America. For all you adults, I'm going to take two minutes and justify that claim. When we were born, we were born with approximately 200 trillion neuron connections. How long is a typical message? Well, I want to be respectful. Okay. Uh, that's why I feel so at home. As soon as he gets bored, she'll leave. How many of you 
ever considered that you were not born in your mother's womb. According to Jeremiah, you were born from the Father's heart. So before anything happened, the Father had control of you in your mother's womb, and he was forming you in this indescribable water that is in the mother's womb. Now, when you were born, you were born with approximately 200 trillion neuron connections in the cortical structure of your brain. That's the area of the brain that generates consciousness. Every conscious experience we have comes from the cortical structure of the brain. When you're born, you're born with 200 trillion neuron connections. Now, as the youth, that's so important because you don't lose those connections until you're in your late teens. Okay, so you still have neuron connections from the living God. The Bible calls that your renewed mind. But us adults, we got to be 18, 17, 18, 19, and those 200 trillion neuron connections collapsed. And we grew our carnal mind. So the youth, the key to Josiah's reigning at preteen age is getting a hold of our youth before their neuron connections the father gifted us with are all gone. And that is what the apostolic hubs are all about, which is um, what this house will be known as in Florida and in America. So I bless you guys. Um, I bless the youth and I, I need you guys, okay? I need you guys. I need your, your minds. You guys have wisdom that us adults need to sit at your feet. Now, one other thing before I get started is I want to create a visual, okay? One of the privileges I get as being a minister of Jesus, one that has been commissioned as an apostle, is I get to build and plant, okay? I don't know if we'll get into it today, but 1 Corinthians 3 gives a a picture of the a function of the apostolic ministry. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul said he, he came as a master builder. So Paul would journey, he would find disciples, and he would build the renewed mind. And he would plant the church in the realm of God's kingdom. There's one earth, but there's two realms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. I'm sitting here because I want you to, I want to implant this image in your minds because this is how you are seated in heavenly places. You're in a place of rest and you're seated on a throne.
Now, from here on forward, we're not ready to tackle nations. Most of us aren't yet ready to tackle our cities. But as we prove our faithfulness of our rest toward our spouses and those of the household of God, we grow in our influence. But I want to leave you with this. Don't, don't see yourself any other way, especially the intercessors. I'm leaving this place with a balm of Gilead for a season of healing. Intercessors. Isaiah 55 water cycle prayer. Stop your intercession and, and enter into a season of discipline where you begin to remain in a place of rest and wait for revelation that comes from heaven and, and pray it back to heaven. It's also Matthew 17, 17 or Matthew 18, 18. In the NASB, it says, whatsoever has already been bound in heaven will be bound on earth. And whatsoever will be, is already bound on earth will be bound in heaven. The principle is we have to see what Jesus is doing and then we pray and it comes to pass. Uh, Paul used this phrase in... Uh, 1st or 2nd Corinthians 126, where he said, um, we have the mind of Christ. We have this divine empowerment to duplicate what we see in heavenly places. Um, so, um, Micah 4.6 says, in that day, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame I will gather the outcast and those whom I have afflicted. I will make the lame a remnant and the outcast a strong nation. That's where America is headed. And identity church um, like I said, one of the privileges of working with Jesus is when I go to a place, I plant and I build. And I'm going to show you in Scripture today the single most important decision in this generation that we can make. And it's to become a disciple, a disciple of Jesus which is different from that of a follower. And turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. Now, one of the things, you guys, I'm not speaking to you like... I'm speaking to you from my renewed mind into your renewed mind. Because those 200 trillion neuron connections that got disconnected 
because we were born into a sinful world that was giving us information that was building our carnal mind. I'm not doing that. I'm speaking to those neurons that are laying dormant in your brain that's, that's crying out for a new life. So I am leaving today with, in all likelihood, millions of neuron connections in your renewed mind. And that's the building part. So any revelation you're receiving today is not going, it's, it's not a normal revelation. It's coming to your renewed mind, which means in the kingdom, revelation is an invitation. It's not an end all. It's an invitation. So when you're receiving revelation from me today, it is, it is within the renewed mind, which means you, you have direct access on a whole new level with Jesus. Guys, for 1,900 years, Jesus has been coming to earth and working with man. We're in the kingdom age. We are coming up here and working with Jesus. That's, that's, that's the behold, I do a new thing in Deltona this morning. So, I want to look for a few minutes about this distinction between a follower and a disciple. And um, today I'm making disciples. And it's, 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 there's a responsibility to continue to grow in your discipleship once I leave. Um, the, my books are, are more textbook than anything else. These, the apostolic ministry is a, it's more like a school than what we're used to in church. It's a commitment, it's a dedication to um, seeking first the kingdom, Matthew 6, 33. So I'm just going to give you two or three examples of the distinction between a disciple and a follower. And in Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 24, it says that Jesus' fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee to Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Now, you'd think right there that that'd be a pretty good start to a ministry. <laughs> right? I mean, you would think, all right, we got we to gotta bust out the walls here. We're getting ready for... Watch what Jesus does. Chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes... 
And seeing the multitudes, he went up a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. It's not that Jesus isn't interested in the multitudes. The multitudes come later. He's interested in disciples. He knows that in order for his apostleship to be functioning on earth as it is in heaven, he first needs disciples. By the way, Jesus was an apostle and still is. He's the living God. And in Hebrews 1.3, it said he's the great apostle and high priest of our faith. He's, he's a living king whose apostleship is on the earth again, as it is in heaven. In Matthew 13, we see another uh, powerful example of the distinction between a follower and a disciple. In Matthew 13, we, we know it as the parable of the sower. And um, we know he went out, he sowed seed. It fell in a number of different places. But when he was done speaking to the multitudes, the Bible says in verse 10 of Matthew 13 that his disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he said to them, because... It has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, disciples. But to them, it has not been given. <clears throat> Was Jesus creating a hierarchical structure? God forbid. We're all equal at the cross. He was establishing a neurobiological principle that we just discovered in the mid-90s, 1990s, which the omniscient God already knew. And here's the principle. What you don't use, you lose. And what fires and what wires together, fires together. What was happening, the disciples were sitting at the feet of Jesus. The disciples, the disciples were committed to Jesus as teacher. What was happening? Their renewed minds were growing. Now, where are the mysteries of the kingdom? They're held in the kingdom realm. So in order to receive the mysteries of the kingdom, we can receive revelation. We, we, there's a distinction between the mysteries of the kingdom and revelation. The mysteries of the kingdom, according to Jesus, and I like the, I'm reading out of the New King James, but I love the, the NIV translation. It says, says something like the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom 
have been given to you disciples, but not to, to followers. And, and so the principle is only a student of the message of the kingdom receives the consciousness of the kingdom that awakens us to the mysteries in the kingdom. See, neuroscience, let, let, me, let me go back. In 2007, I had a, I had a visitation. I'm going to share a couple, of, a couple of visitations I've had. Now, for those of you that may not be, uh, I know I'm in, a, I'm in a house that's, this is probably not outside of the norm, but I've had some mystical experiences in my life. I just want to dispel that idea. Um, the word mystic comes out of the word in Matthew 13, mysteries. So a mystic in the kingdom is merely someone who is perceiving reality from another dimension. Jesus lived there. In fact, Jesus promised Nathaniel in John chapter 1 that Nathaniel, because you're my disciple, you will see heaven open also. How could he have promised that to his disciples? Because he knew that the disciples were the one walking with the renewed mind. Here's an important key. Your mind is consciousness. It's what you experience. It's what happens to you when you wake up. And it's what goes away when you fall asleep. That's consciousness. It's not a new age term. It's not, in fact, the word is found twice in scripture. We just translate it wrongly, in my opinion, to conscious, conscience. But consciousness is what happens to us when we wake up, and it's what goes away when we fall asleep. Now, the mind is Consciousness. So when Jesus said repent, when he said change your mind, he was not saying, Michael, change your carnal mind. Come on, get with it. Come on. He was saying change minds. Stop living out of your carnal mind. Come up here. So... When we seek first the kingdom, we are receiving information that is growing and developing the mind that Jesus created humanity to live out of, the consciousness, the realm of God's kingdom. In 2007, I was in my bedroom and I had a visitation. I had been reading 
a family tree. My aunt gave all of us kids. And I came to find out that Adolf Hitler had sent my grandfather and great uncle to America. And with a mission to prepare a remnant within America to receive from Germany when they landed upon American soil. Hitler needed a remnant in America to overtake it. And in 1924, he sent my grandfather and great uncle, Alfred and Peter Gissable. Some history books use Alfred's name as Fritz, but it's the same, same man. And from 24 to, to about 39, they established what came to be known as Bunds, German-American Bunds. They were in all 48 continental states. The US government began to become fearful of what was happening, and they created a House of Un-American Acts. It was an arm of, of the US government. And they subpoenaed my grandfather 17 times. And my grandfather blew the whistle on Hitler. And I don't know when, I think 1940, World War II started, shortly after um, those 17 subpoenas. My great uncle fled back to Germany, was a lieutenant colonel in the SS, went uh, to the Nuremberg trials and uh, ended his life, I think, with the CIA, we believe. My point is, during as I was studying all this, the Lord visited me and asked me if I was willing to be used for his kingdom in the way that my grandfather and great uncle were used by Hitler. And that was in 2007. And in 2015, I went into a vision where I saw apostolic hubs. And um, I began to understand what the Lord wants to do with America. And in 2016, I started writing about um, this idea of transformation. You see, the church, although Jesus comes and visits us and we love his presence, it's not his church until it's planted and birthed in his realm of domain. The first century church is not what we see today. I think we could all agree with that. And it's because that church was living out of the kingdom realm of heaven on earth. You see, we want the kingdom mandate, right? Genesis 1, 26 through 28, you know, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, right? But where was that promise given to mankind? 
in the garden, in that realm, in the garden realm. See, I'm planting the garden of Beltona this morning. The garden of Eden was wherever that is. But as the apostolic ministry that's coming, we're commissioned to build and plant. So I'm leaving here, I'm leaving this place in another dimension. And I, I plead with you guys to continue growing together in unity of mind. That's a scripture we'll look at before the end. Um, but it's your guys' responsibility to build up one another. In Acts, let's turn to Acts 2.42. Acts 2.42 are the four pillars of the kingdom church. It's my responsibility to, to plant and to build the foundation of the renewed mind. But look at Acts 2.42. Now, let me set this up, though. Jesus comes to earth. He gathers disciples, and he overwhelmingly commits himself to the disciples. The, the, the Gospels make that clear. The disciples were Jesus' priority. He sat as a teacher... He was the son of God. He was the son of the living God. He was the son of man. He's the perfect image of the father. He was all of that. But he was first and foremost a teacher. Even above savior. How do I know that? Jesus was called teacher far more than he was called anything else. Even those who didn't know him that didn't have respect for him, called him teacher. Some called him rabbi, great teacher. But he was a teacher. Why? Because him and the father knew, until I got the renewed mind grown, I cannot express my apostleship on the earth. I cannot rule the nations until I find a remnant that is planted and, and, and bringing forth life from the realm of my kingdom, Jesus. So in Acts 2.42, here we have this Jesus imparting the renewed mind, imparting the renewed mind. He comes back in his resurrected state, and the first thing he does, one of the first things he does is he launches a school. I call it the school of kingdomology. But in Acts 1, he spends, he does a 40-day conference on the kingdom. And then he says to those who were walking in their renewed mind, he said, now assemble together and wait. Pentecost 
was birthed. We, that's what we know it as. That's an open heaven. Acts 2.1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, that's the open heaven. They were in unity of mind. That's the, that, that, that's the Acts 2.1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one accord. They were in unity of mind in one place. And suddenly heaven opened. That was the birthing of the church. And in Acts 2.42, we see the responsibility of Jesus's church moving forward. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching. Again, that's the renewing of the mind. They continued in the renewing of the mind and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Fellowship in the kingdom is when I have a revelation that's come to my renewed mind and I share it with a brother or a sister. When I'm sharing from my renewed mind into your renewed mind, when you're sharing revelation from the renewed mind into my renewed mind, you're edifying me. You're building me up. You're bringing about a, a greater measure of unity within Jesus's church. That's going to be important for you guys moving forward. I love football. I love basketball. I love sports. That's not fellowship in the kingdom. When I take my buddies to a Milwaukee Brewers game and we spend three hours talking about baseball, it's fun. But it's not the Acts 242 fellowship. The Acts 242 fellowship is getting around apostolic teaching, getting revelation of your own, and sharing it with one another. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Let's take a quick look at, um, <clears throat> at a picture of, of what I'm leaving identity church with the seed of influence of the apostolic ministry. Let's turn to Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah is an amazing book for our time right now, this generation. The first few chapters, I encourage you to, to dive into first three, four chapters of Jeremiah. As an apostolic hub, which I, I'm prophesying that the Lord is inviting this house to steward a reformation in Florida and however far your sphere of influence is, but to, to oversee and to steward a revival in Florida that's going to be known. We... we it, everyone will look at it as revival, but it's, it's going to be known as transformation. Come on. Lord. 
So in Jeremiah, I'm going to read this. Um, this, is, this is for the youth, too, you guys. Check this out. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah. This is a revisiting of the day of Josiah, the day that we're going to learn how to raise up our children to lead nations. And it says in verse 9, the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Jeremiah says, and the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, that's consciousness. To see is to have conscious experience. See, I have this day set over the nations and over. I, see, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. Here's the apostolic ministry. To root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, build, and plant. The emphasis in this season for Identity Church is build and plant. And as we grow in the building of our renewed minds, we'll be, uh, we'll be appointed and commissioned to begin to tear down um, pull down, destroy, and throw down. Um, but the emphasis is building and planting. In Jeremiah, the next two chapters, we see Jeremiah crying out. We see God through Jeremiah crying out. And he uses language like, the, my people are, are harlots. They're having intercourse with the land. It's all about the land. In Jeremiah chapter 2, Jeremiah chapter 3, God's pleading with his people, return to me. Return to me. I think in chapter 3, at least five or six times, he's pleading, return to me. Leave the carnal realm of man. Leave the kingdom of darkness that was created by, by the fallen angels and the carnal mind of man. Leave that. Return to me. Come home, the Lord's saying. He's saying, you're having, you're procreating on the wrong land. And then he says this in Jeremiah chapter 3. He says, if you return to me, I'll start in, in verse 14. Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and will bring you to Zion. That is a spiritual picture of being lifted out of the carnal realm into the kingdom realm. 
Another way of looking at it is being born from above, being born again. Born again has more than one definition. God promises, if you return to me, in verse 15, I will give you shepherds according to my mind who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. There is a new breed of shepherds rising. I'm prophesying that Charlie is of that new breed that will feed cities with substance that our minds have yet to conceive. This is God Almighty talking about shepherds in his realm. Pastors that are leading from outside the power structure of the monarchs. In Hebrews chapter 8, God makes a promise. It's an incredible promise. Starting in verse 10, he says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. and write them on their hearts. Now, a law is a fixed reality. And God says, my ways are not your ways. So when he puts his laws in our minds, it takes the idea of creating to a whole new level. The Samuel generation is upon us. Words that will not fall to the ground. But it will not come to pass until the laws, the inf a law is just a set of information. Until that is set upon our minds, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 11. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. In verse 11, that word K-N-O-W, it's two different words. I'm going to use... The, I'm going to take the liberty to define the words according to the Greek and listen to how this promise reads. None of them shall teach his neighbor, 
and none his brother, saying, Know by experience the Lord. For all shall have entered a gateway of access into the kingdom realm. The, the, the Greek actually uses the word portal. The second word, K-N-O-W. So, the, so the, the principle is when the laws of God are reestablished in our renewed minds, it creates an experience with the living Jesus where we enter a gateway or a portal of access into the realm of God's kingdom. That portal is the womb of the Father. We, we won't go into that right now, but just, just know that there is a gateway of access that, God, that Jesus, Revelation 4.1, Jesus said, come up here, and I'll introduce to you a whole new reality. I'm gonna end. I'm gonna. I'm gonna end with one more verse. Um, I think. And I, I wanna. I wanna have a little bit of ministry time today. Um, in Genesis 11, it says the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain. It goes on. And it says, the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. And so Jesus had to scatter the languages because they were becoming so influential on, on earth that anything they put their minds to, their carnal minds to, was coming to pass. What does that mean? Man has creative power way beyond our imagination. The kings of the earth who have been ruling the earth from the fall have taken the mysteries of the kingdom of God and are using them to keep a remnant of God out of the place of the mysteries of the kingdom. That is over. The kings of the earth no longer rule the earth. Now, I know Jesus is Lord, and I know he's Lord of all, but come on, can we reason together? Is he really Lord of the earth? I mean, in a practical sense, he gave the earth to the sons of man, the Bible says. And, and the Bible says that he esteems his word above his character. 
which means when he gave the earth to man, what we're seeing is our responsibility. Now, the, the, the Rothschilds and Rockefellers and um, the Gateses and the, the families that are ruling the earth and the puppets that are being played by these kings, their time is up, beloved. Amen. The apostleship of Jesus is back on the earth. And you're being invited to enter a season of preparation to where heaven opens in this place to such a degree that people turn aside to look. Amen. Stay, stay grounded and stay home. Okay? Keep doing what you're doing. If you've got missionary stuff and if you're going out and but the season of preparation is right here and it's right here it's it's family and unity it's finding the living Jesus inside of you in his kingdom within you and beginning to perceive reality see Paul called Paul called that reality your inner man. Paul in Ephesus, look, study Acts 19. Paul's ministry was a spitting image of Jesus's. Paul said in Acts 21, I received my ministry from Jesus. And Paul's ministry was exactly the same as Jesus's. Paul had a school in Ephesus. I'll just use Ephesus as an example. In Acts 18 and 19, you'll see Paul move into a city. He planted a church. He delegated, um, he appointed, he lifted up um, leaders within the church to begin building the church from renewed mind to renewed mind, this is the book of Ephesus. And the Bible says that, well, you see massive revival taking place in Ephesus. The world being turned upside down. Get an image of that. One of the government officials told Paul in Acts around 17, 18, these people are turning the world upside down. Picture that. The world is the system of rulership. So man's rulership through the kingdom of darkness was being buried. Picture that. It was being buried. Jeremiah 1.10 was alive in the book of Acts era. There was some tearing down and, and building and planting. At the same time, the kingdom realm was emerging such great revival, it, it upset the whole economic system. Five years later, Paul, roughly five years later, Paul writes the book of Ephesians. And I cannot find too many things that were going wrong 
five years later. In fact, Paul, if you look at the book of Ephesians, Paul had very little negative to say to them. He was just reinforcing the reality they were living in. You are seated in heavenly places. I pray the spirit, not a revelation, not, not um, a moment of wisdom. Paul prayed the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Remain with them. Paul used the phrase in Christ. We are in Christ, in his kingdom, within us, over and over and over. Now, the last three chapters, he had a lot of um, practical exhortation to the church, which I appreciate the practical. Um, but the, 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 the reality was Paul had a ministry. He stepped into a city like Ephesus, established leadership, began building the renewed mind while planted in the kingdom realm, and great revival. The world was being turned upside down. And, and that's, where, that's where we're headed, as, as the emerging church of Jesus. Now, I, I, I want to, I'm not, I'm not cutting on the present church. I, I love the church. It's everything I have is a result of the church. But in 2016, when I stepped into a new reality called the kingdom of heaven on earth, I came to understand that the church is not Jesus's church. He, he never established a religion. Christianity is a part of, it's on the list of world religions. I'm not cutting on Christianity. I'm, I'm stating a fact that if you think this is Jesus's church, and for you guys, I'm, I'm standing here and I'm asking for your forgiveness as youth that we have missed the mark. We have misrepresented. We have bore an image of Jesus that is not yet in his likeness. And I'm asking for your forgiveness, you guys. We've done the best we could. But you know, in Exodus, the Israelites, they made the same mistake we're making, right? Moses goes up to the ascended place, right? He's, he's, he's in the kingdom realm now. He's spending time with Jesus. And, and, and God's people are down below, bored. And let's let's create. Let's, let's, let's create God in our own image. Do you know that word golden calf is, is God's name? God was, God, God understood that man is doing the best they can, but you can't perceive the transfigured Jesus until you ascend the mount. And Moses does this. He comes down, he's ticked, and he takes the gold. I'm talking gold. I'm talking metallic gold. And he transmutes it. 
into white powder. This is somewhere around Exodus 42. And he transmutes it into the highest state of gold. And he says, drink it. He puts it in their water and he says, drink it. That's the, the, that, that is the gold that the emerging church will have to offer. Metallic gold is still gold. It's just in an impure state. You can even, you can even get it 99.9% pure. It's still impure. White powder gold is the purest form of gold. I don't know if Moses, how he learned that. Um, nevertheless, it's in, the, it's in the living scriptures. So um, with that, I'm going to I'm going to show us where we are on the timeline of history, and um, and then um, and end with with some ministry. And Charlie, I don't know what type of ministry right now. So if you get anything, let me know. Um, <laughs> You know, the, you guys, I don't even know exactly what I said, but today, but I'm I'm here amongst family. I, I have to be honest with you. I have never, I've never felt this way before. Um, I began ministry in 2015, and I've never felt more at home. And it's something Charlie did to me a few months ago that I know that's, uh, that that's why. Did, but we had a moment together with the Lord, and it changed everything. And I've never been in a house. See, I'm a weird mystic, and I, I I don't feel comfortable except by myself right here in His kingdom within me. But coming here, I got the privilege of spending a couple weeks with the Lord, just learning about you guys and what He's doing here and what He wants to do here. And um, I am, I'm, for the first time in my life, I'm amongst family, and I know it. So, um, here's where we are on the timeline. The transformation of America has begun. It's in its early stages. The, the ruler, the kings of the earth are coming down, and they're coming down one corporation at a time, and they're coming down in a strategic manner whereby the the casualties of war will be minimal compared to what it could be. Let God continue to deal with the psychopaths. Let us focus. They are. My wife's a psychologist. I don't use that term loosely. Okay? <laughs> but they are. They're, 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 they're psychopathic, and they're, they're committing genocide. Uh, genocide is murder for profit. 
And let me just tell you something. I have a very intimate relationship with the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> I have a very intimate relationship with the pharmaceutical industry because the pharmaceutical industry controlled Hitler and the Nazi party. I don't know if you know that, but if you, I don't know what you can find on Google anymore, but IG Farben ran the Nazi concentration camps. They, they ran the Nazi party. Hitler was their puppet. And the pharmaceutical industry is murder for profit. That's plain and simple. And it's coming down. My point is, don't worry about all of that. Stay focused on the task at hand, which is becoming a disciple. Jesus, the last and great commission he gave us is to go and make disciples. Baptizing them, this is, Jim Hilton said this so beautifully, in the, the realm of the Trinity. Baptizing, we're, we're called to immerse a generation in the realm of the Trinity. And that's what apostolic hubs, that's what, that's what apostolic hubs in America will do. That's what I'm prophesying, Identity Church will be known as not just a great place of revival. It'll be known as a place of refinement, not retirement. Florida's not called to be a place of retirement. It's called to be a place of refinement. Florida is going to have a healing balm like no other state in the United States. That's your guys' calling. But here's where we are in the timeline. In Revelation chapter 2, in fact, we'll go to Revelation 1.20, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. This is important, okay? Lampstand equals church. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, etc., etc. In verse 5, it says, remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Remember, repent means to change your consciousness, change your mind, switch from the carnal to the renewed. Now, what, what was the first works of Ephesus? You have to go back into Acts 19 in order to see that. Paul's first work was setting up the school. He set up a school for three months, got kicked out of that church, went to a different school of Tyrannius, and for three years, he had a church. He had a school, I'm sorry. Tradition says that it, on average, they spent five hours a day, the, the apostolic pouring into the renewed mind of the disciples. 
until heaven opened upon the land. So where we are right now, we're in the invitation to repent. We're in the invitation to change our consciousness. But then Jesus says this, and we have to go back to A.D. 97. Imagine, imagine Jesus's church being birthed sometime whenever that 30 in the 30s. A generation later, the world is being turned upside down. There is a new culture in, in the city where Jesus's church is resting. There's, there's this wave of new um, uh, social norms and culture. There's healing. There's healing of the body, healing of the soul. There's all this kingdom activity, forgiveness and love and mercy and grace and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. There's all these attributes of heaven emerging from the consciousness of the disciples. A whole new world is being played out. And then by AD 95, 97, Jesus has to tell five of the seven churches, change your consciousness, you guys. You have fallen from the realm of my kingdom. Look at this. In verse 5, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove the lampstand. What was the lampstand? Remove the church from its place unless you repent. So here's the picture. We, are, we, we have fallen. The church has fallen. Because Ephesus, Ephesus did not, as far as we can tell, Ephesus did not repent. And so we have been in limbo the Lord has been, I'll say it this way, the Lord has been waiting for 1,900 years for someone to step back into Revelation 2, verse 5, and say, stand in the gap. Lord, we're sorry for not repenting back our brothers and sisters way back in A.D. 97. We're sorry for not repenting. And we understand now, Jesus, that... Your church, the lampstand, has been removed from its place, your kingdom realm. But we're here today saying, Lord, we long to see your church planted and growing in the kingdom realm once again. And I declare over this great state of Florida, I declare that Identity Church steward the mysteries of the kingdom as they enter into the divine order of first becoming a disciple until the renewed mind awakens their consciousness in your realm, Jesus. And I ask, Lord, that you would bring upon 
your people here a grace to see the enlightenment to the eyes of their understanding, each revelation, that they would see that enlightenment to the eyes of their understanding as not coming anymore to their, to their mind, but coming to their renewed mind. Lord, I ask for wisdom for this house to be able to enter a season of discipline to where they begin discerning the living word from traditions of man so that they may set their heart on an accelerated season of kingdom understanding so that they might become to the state of Florida accelerated kingdom understanding. Luke 10.1 says, after these things, this is for the elders and Charlie and, and the leaders here, anticipate Jesus coming in new and fresh ways upon my departure. Here's the principle. Luke 10.1, after these things, the Lord lifted up for all to see, that's what the word appointed means. He appointed 70 disciples and sent them out before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And the principle is when the apostolic ministry comes into a region it plants the ecclesia, the church, in the realm of God's kingdom. And you can anticipate Jesus coming right after. Luke 10.1, he sent out his disciples to everywhere, to the cities where he was about to go to. I just honor the intercessors. Could I just, uh, is there an intercessory team? Or is there a, are there intercessors? Could you 
Would it be okay if you came up here? Whoever is part of the intercessory prayer team. Oh, praise the Lord. I want to leave you guys. I, I don't I don't have a lot of gifts, but one of my gifts is walking in peace and rest. And I am I am I am imparting and depositing this new season of rest upon you. Your labors, the the treasure that you have stored up as a result of your sacrifice. You have treasure. But the Lord's bringing to you a higher way. And a higher way is rest. Rest and receive. Your prayer life will change. Your tones will change. You, 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 you can rest. I'm asking for a revelation of the transfigured Jesus to, to, to bloom in your heart, to bring about a clearer image of who Jesus is in you, before through you. I also want to make and provide an invitation to become a disciple of Jesus. Now, you're not leaving your identity as a follower. You're not leaving your identity as a son and daughter. You're not. What you're doing by committing to becoming a disciple is you're stepping into the divine order of Jesus. Jesus made disciples first. And out of that, Matthew 6.33 says this. That that's the definition of a disciple, is one who seeks first the kingdom of God and his right. But what did Jesus say after that statement? All these things will be added to you. Right family relationships. Whatever is on your list, all these things, addictions, all these things you'll be freed from. It's, it's not, it, it starts with becoming a disciple. And as you do, 